Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice. We shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time for the study of the Word of God. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 26 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen to all the podcasts we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on our app. That's Bible In-Depth Network. All on all podcast platforms like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, you name it, you will find us there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you because, as we say, there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals His Word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, He will come out. He will speak to you. And uh, He has given us the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. He is our teacher. He's everything. And He will speak to you and you will learn as you listen. Now, we started on our book of Daniel. And uh, today I want us to continue with chapter 3. We ended off when Daniel, this young man, uh, by the grace of God, has been able to interpret the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Nebuchadnezzar asked that, uh, all the magicians, all the sorcerers, everybody in his land, which he had dominion over. Remember, he's a world power by then. So it means if he's asking for a message from all the wise men, then it's through the entire kingdom. I want somebody who can interpret this for me. And uh, he had actually forgotten the dream that he had had and needed somebody to tell him the dream and also interpret it for him. Daniel did that superbly by the grace of God. And now, as we start chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. I don't know if it's because of the dream he had that... Uh, when they told him of the statue, the head was gold, and gold represented Babylon and represented him as a leader of Babylon, that now he gets an idea to make an image of gold. So, chapter 3 starts by telling us, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits. Remember, we say the cubit is one and a half feet, yeah? And it's with six cubits, so this was a huge um, statue that he set up. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent word. What was the word? Assemble the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, these ones are not only uh, the leaders or the big men or the officials of Babylon that he's calling upon. He's calling upon everybody in the empire. If you're in Asia, come. If you're in Africa, I need you here. Those in the European side, I need you here. They all had to assemble and worship all, uh, look and... Uh, participate in this dedication of this image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So it was going to be a huge day, big event, yeah, where they are uh, in this dedication of this image which Nebuchadnezzar 
had set up then the satraps, the prefects and the governors, the councillors, the treasurers, the judges and magistrates and all rulers of the provinces which were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then they heard loudly and proclaimed, hmm? they've gathered, traveled miles, yeah, and now they've gathered, and this is what they're saying. To you, the command is given. All peoples, nations, and men of every language. Of course, that was true because he had authority over the whole world. He was a superpower then. And they, goes on and they go on and say that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, yeah, this is what the herald is telling them. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the sartory, the bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. They go to the best musicians that exist in the land. They go to all instrumentalists. They had, and everything was there, an orchestra, everything was ready for this dedication. Assume and look at it as a big day in the world, in his empire. Okay? So they tell them, when you hear the music, you bow down and worship the image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But he goes on and says, whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. They set it up there ready. Hmm? They made sure everything is set for this day. If you refuse to worship Nebuchadnezzar, this image, if you refuse to bow down to this image, we've set up a fire for you. So, in this day of celebration, they set food, they set the choir, they called the guests, the image is already worked on, it's of gold, representing him, and also, beside, because they knew that there are people who will be stubborn, who refuse to worship. And, of course, much of this uh, also goes to the Jews, because they were the kind that could be stubborn in such a case. And as we shall see, we will look at that. And uh, they set a furnace aside in case somebody refuses to worship. That is waiting for you. And that's what they said. Therefore, at the time, when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, tigron, satyry, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. It was in a strategic location that everybody was to participate, not only the officials, but everybody in the land. Now, how do the officials bow? And for you, who is not one, uh, just keep standing. So, when they blow this, all of them fell down and worshipped the image. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. Like I told you, Jews were not easy to go by. For them, they knew their God. Yeah? And that's one thing about us, that we need to know who our God is, the power of our God, and we learn the boundaries. These Jews say, no, that's just an image of a man who was even created by God, who can die one day. 
Today is alive, the next day he's gone. We shall not bow down to worship him. The Jews refuse to worship. And some Jews are going to be brought out here. Yeah? Of course, they may not be the only ones who refused, but they are a representation of the rest. So, what happens? These Chaldeans come and say they are people who have refused to bow. They've refused. And that is an attitude that we need to carry for things of the world, things that have been created to be worshipped, yet we know that by the standards of our God, we do not worship those things. Take a stand in your life. Take a stand in the things that matter. Take a stand in the things of God and say, for me, I do not do that. It's good. It's key. doesn't matter if the rest of the world has done it. You can decide and make a decision that I will be sexually pure. You can make a stand and say, I will not take those things that get people's minds off. I will not get drunk. Yeah, I will not get into drugs. You can make that stand. You can make a stand and say, for me, I'll keep uh, my relationships pure. Hmm? Do you take those stands or you follow the world? Now, these Jews, for them, they said, we shall not follow what everybody else is doing. They responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, tigron, satyry, the bagpipe, and all kinds of music is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed. Now they're telling him. Hmm? There are some guys out there whom you have appointed. You've chosen them as leaders. They may not be the only ones, but their representation. Hmm? You've appointed them as leaders. You took them and fed them, took care of them, and gave them authority. Now these whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely, he starts to mention them, one is Shadrach, the other is Message, and the other is Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Now, of course, Daniel is not mentioned here, but that should give you evidence that there were others who didn't bow to this image because Daniel clearly could not have bowed to this image if his three friends in whom he had close fellowship with had not made such a decision. So there's clear influence between these four friends that uh, they worship God, they exalt him, they will not give any space or room uh, to worship any other god, even if it means death. Did they know about the furnace? They knew. But they make a decision and say we shall not do it do that. There are consequences, of course, for some of the things that you may refuse to do. But you need to know the consequences and also trust in your God to see you through. Now, these three men, Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego, they refuse. And they are brought before the king. Then the king, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Is it true that you guys have refused to bow down? He's asking them. I need to know because I've received information, but I need proof. Is it true? Yeah? And he says, now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. He was even willing to play this again for these three men. You know you can be a person of influence because of the decisions you make. Now, the entire nation is going to redo this process. They are going to bow down afresh because three men refused to do that. There are decisions we can take as believers and they shake nations. Everywhere, in whichever village it was, they were saying, okay, what is going to happen again? Are they going to blow it again just for these three men who refused to bow? You are a person of influence. You are somebody of great influence. And we need to know that that we have been sent to the world to be of influence. We influence decisions even of great men. Now, these three guys are influencing. They blew it the first time. Now, because of their issue, they are going to blow it the second time. And he says, if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Nebuchadnezzar already feels great. Remember the prophecy that was given to him, the dream and the interpretation that was given to him. He feels is the head. Of course, it was told to him that your kingdom won't last forever. Yeah? And by that time, he acknowledged God. But right now, he's up in his head. He's saying, let me see if there is a God who can deliver you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not give to answer you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand. Listen to such confidence. They have confidence in their God. And for them they are saying, uh-uh, don't worry, sir. The God whom we serve shall deliver us from your hand. The God whom we serve shall save us from your hand. We need to have confidence in the God that we serve. You need to come out and speak positively about your life, about the scenarios you're in, the circumstances that you're facing, whatever it is. Even when people feel like they don't believe in you, it does not matter. Do you have a God? Speak about that God. Tell them that the God I serve is going to help me through. The God I serve is going to lead me through. I don't care what you think, but my God shall help me in everything. Now, this is the most interesting part in verse 18. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. That part even if he does not. You know, sometimes we tag, we make conditional uh, statements and we make we set up conditions that have to be followed. And we say, God, you have to do this in this way. Then I will know that you love me. Then I will know that you care about me. But hey, even if he does not, 
that does not re- re- remove the fact that he's God. Even if he does not save them, they are saying, even if he does not save us and we are consumed in this furnace, he's our God. He's the one we worship. He's the one we honor. He's the one we exalt. In whatever scenarios you're in, you are seeking the hand of God. And that's great. And that's the belief we are talking about. But you need to be at a level of maturity to know that even if what you're praying for does not come to pass, God still remains God. And it's tricky. It's hard. But it's a fact. You might pray and get it. Excellent. You might pray and not get it. He's still God. He knows the plan. He has a plan. So these men say, doesn't matter. Even if he does not deliver us, we shall still not bow down to worship you. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath and his facial expression was altered toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can imagine what his face looked like. He must have been a fierce guy. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it usually heated. He said, make it hotter seven times. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes, and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame slew those men who carried up Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, the flame was too much. It was so hot that even those who took them uh, were burnt up. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, and they were still tied up. Then, Nebuchadnezzar the king was uh, astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his officials, why it's, was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. God has come out to deliver his people. God has come out to help his children. God has come out for the sake of these men. Isn't it amazing what God does for us? They believed in him. They stood by his word. They stood by his side. And God indeed delivered them. What are you going through? And there's a temptation around telling you, if you do this, I'll get you the money you need. If you have an affair with me, I'll give you everything you want in life. If you cheat in this manner, then you shall extend your stay at this job. If you do this, then I'll give you this job. What is it? Stand by God and see him fight for you. These men were thrown into the fire. What was burnt up is those chains that they were bound with. Then they started to walk in the fire. It's hot, but they don't feel the heat because God is with them. It's heating up, but they don't feel it because God is by their side. When things are tough in your life, 
All you need is God on your side. You will not feel the heat. When the economy is bad, you will not feel it. When things are not running well, you will not feel all that. Reason. God is on your side. And God is always on the side of those who stand by him. Who walk by him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fire. And there's an angel walking with them. And Nebuchadnezzar sees that. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then these guys came out of the midst of the fire. He called them and they came out. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's officials gathered around and saw in regard of to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their head singed, nor were the trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. To, to give you even a better image, you, even when you smell them, these guys came around, these men. They started to smell, they started to touch, they started to feel them, and there was no effect. When you go through trouble, what seems trouble to everybody else, and you come out unharmed, reason because you stood with God, because you trusted in the God you serve. When you go through tough times, when you go through tough seasons, when you go through a poor economy, but still you come out without a scratch because God is with you. When you stand with God, everything else is sorted. He takes care of you. So Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent this angel and delivered his servants, who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their god. Now he's acknowledging God. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the god of these three Jews shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to rubbish heap, inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to live, deliver in this way. Then the king caused these three guys to prosper in the province of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar has noticed the greatness of the Almighty God. The decisions you take, the stand you take, will speak a message to the rest who did not believe. Make a stand. Take a stand in whatever it is. I don't know what you're going through, but take a stand for God and the rest shall be changed. The decision that these three men made made Nebuchadnezzar acknowledge God throughout the empire. And chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of all the people's nations and men of every language that live in the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. The guy who was worshipping, who wanted people to worship him, is now worshipping the Almighty God. Effect, three men stood. And he goes on and says, verse 4 of chapter 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring 
into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I related the dream to them. But they could not make its interpretation to me. Now he gets another dream. But finally, David came in before me, whose name is Belshazzar. That's the name they gave him when they moved to Babylon. And he says, finally, David came in. Then Daniel came in, sorry, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen along with its interpretation. Now, these were the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong. Hmm? He's now telling of the, the, the vision he got. And its height reached to the sky. This tree, very tall, up to the sky. And it was visible to the end of the whole world. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant. Everybody could see it because it was tall. It had uh, leaves all over. It had fruit all over. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the ground of the field found shade under it. The birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. All the living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed and behold an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven he shouted out and spoke as follows. Yeah, as I was still watching all that beauty, he says, there is an angel that came down. And when he came down, this is what he said. This angel comes down and says, chop down the tree and continues and says, chop it down and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and, bro and bronze around it, in the new grass of the field, and let, it, let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth, let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of times pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers and the decision is a command of the Holy One in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes and sets it over it the lowliest of men. This is a dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen now. Belshazzar, Daniel, is telling Daniel, tell me its interpretation. Inasmuch as none of the wise men in my kingdom is able to make it known to me, you are able so. Tell me, because within you is the Spirit of God, he tells him. Then Daniel, whose name is Belshazzar, was appalled for a while, as his thoughts alarmed him. Daniel has been told the dream and he's saying, what has this guy just dreamt? Does he know what he has just dreamt? The king responded and said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream, all its interpretation, alarm you. So, now Daniel replies, My Lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries, it would be good news. But he's saying, this is talking about you. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to the earth, 
whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the sky lodged. It is you, O king, is telling Nebuchadnezzar, that dream is you. You are the tree. You are the great one. Hey, you even made a statue some time back for people to worship you. You are the one they are talking about. For you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great and rich to the sky, and your dominion to the ends of the earth, because you are the world power, you are the super power that everybody talks about. He's telling him, in that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump. That which you saw, with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him share with the beasts and the fields until the seven periods of time have passed over him. That's seven years that they're talking about. This is the interpretation of king. And this is the decree of the Most High God which has come upon you. Hmm? that you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field and you will be given grass to eat like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of the mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Daniel tells him what that dream means is you for seven years are going to be driven away from people. Hmm? You'll be taken into the beasts of the field. You'll be with them. You'll be uh, chilling with lions, with gorillas, with whatever sort of wild animal is there. And you'll be eating grass. You won't be eating chicken anymore. You'll be eating grass. And you'll be with them. And after seven years, you'll recognize that God is almighty. You know, sometimes when you fail to recognize God, there are scenarios you go through and you recognize him. Now, this is what Nebuchadnezzar is going to go through. And he tells him it was commanded to leave the stamp with the roots of the tree. Your kingdom will be assured to you after you recognize that it is heaven that rules. Say, they won't remove your kingdom. Yeah, It won't be taken away from you. And he's telling him that don't worry. Your kingdom shall remain as long as you recognize the God of heaven after these years. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. Telling him, consider these things and probably hmm, your fortunes might change. Ah, all this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Come verse 28. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. A year has passed. He has not considered what uh, uh, Daniel told him. Told him, show mercy to the poor. Change your life. Probably this can change. He did not heed to that. So, he's walking on the palace of the roof. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and the glory of my majesty? He still sees his power. Still sees his great. While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared. 
sovereignty has been removed from you and you'll be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair, listen, had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. For seven years, of course, you don't shave. You don't cut your nails. What else do you look like? That's how he looks like. Nebuchadnezzar is taken away from his kingdom. When you fail to acknowledge what God is saying, when you fail to do what God is saying, there are consequences and Nebuchadnezzar faces these. He thinks he's great, but he's been belittled to feed with beasts in the field for seven good years. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High God and praised and honored him who lives forever. After seven years, it came to him. Yeah, For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Now Nebuchadnezzar has acknowledged God. He says, you are the Almighty. No more doubt. Verse 36, at that time, my reason returned to me. And my majesty and splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom. And my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was reestablished in my sovereignty and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the king of heaven for all his works are true and his ways just. And he is able to humble those who walk in pride. For seven years, the people of the kingdom never realized Nebuchadnezzar was missing. That's what God can do. For seven good years, they never recognized that their king was missing. They did not know that their king is not around. For seven good years, God can do something that can amaze you. They didn't even notice that the king is not in the palace for seven good years. What was God trying to do? Teach Nebuchadnezzar it's not about you. I can take you out and nobody will notice. Sometimes we feel we are the greatest of all. Sometimes we feel we are untouchable. But it is only God and every tongue must acknowledge him because he can do it superbly that you can live and nobody will notice your absentia. Nebuchadnezzar left and nobody knew. He just returned. When he returned after seven years, it's like they had just seen him yesterday. Like, oh, our king. It's amazing. But the promise here for him and what he says happened to him is he started to worship the almighty God. And God recognized him because he had given his focus to him. Look to God. Forget the pride. God humbles the proud and Nebuchadnezzar got that first hand with seven years eating grass like beasts. When you humble yourself, God will exalt you.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask you to teach us to walk with you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.